Hello, this is Dr. Ed Hill, host of This Week in the Word, where we grow in our knowledge of the Word of God and our walk with Christ. We are in a series in the Gospel of John called Behold Your God, and we're coming today to the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John. That is often referred to as the high priestly prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in this chapter that we're going to hear the prayer of our great high priest in the Holy of Holies of John's Gospel. For many years, I was a pastor in churches, three different churches over a period of about 30 years. And I can often think of the prayer meetings we would have, and maybe you're part of a church or a Bible study group that has prayer meetings. And often our prayers and our prayer list consist of praying for Mrs. Jones to get well and for Mr. Smith to be able to find a good job to take care of his family. Nothing wrong with that. We all need that kind of prayer and we need to pray that way. But too often our praying is only on that level. Here we're going to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ pray. And one of the things that strikes me as I hear this is the majesty and the expanse of his praying. This is the longest prayer recorded in any gospel given by the Lord Jesus Christ. He may have prayed longer in the Garden of Gethsemane, but as far as what was recorded of that prayer, it's relatively short. But this is his longest recorded prayer in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And we see the heart of our great high priest. Sometimes we feel like life is falling apart, and when it seems like life is falling apart, Jesus makes it fall into place. And I think you'll feel that way as you see and hear this prayer today in John 17. So let's turn to the 17th chapter of the Gospel of John, and let's begin in the first verse. Always a great place to start. These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Now in this prayer of the Lord Jesus Christ, one of the things I want to point out is that he has been given authority over all flesh, all people, all mankind. And he's been given that authority so that when they trust in him as Savior and Lord, he can give to them eternal life. Now, there are three words used for life in the New Testament, zoe, bios, and suki. Bios refers to created life. Suki, you know, like, like actual life. Suki is talking about like our mind, our heart, our will, or our emotions. Zoe talks about a quality of abundant living. 
And it says here that that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. That's amazing. Every religion in the world is trying to earn eternal life or earn a, a place in heaven. Jesus Christ gives it away. And it's the life that everyone seeks. One of the things that is going to strike you, probably, as it does me, as we listen to the rest of this prayer, is the eternality of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is not just a man. He is a man, but he's the perfect God-man. He is not just a great teacher. He's not just a prophet. He is not, certainly not, an ascended master like uh, New Age people might say. None of that nonsense. Jesus Christ is God come in human form. He existed eternally before the world was ever created. When he was born in Bethlehem, he did not begin his existence. Jesus Christ has always been because he is God. And he has the authority to give eternal life, this eternal Zoe, to all who believe in him. That's good news. Let's go to verse 4. And I want to ask you a question. If God had a prayer list, would you be on it? And what kinds of things would also be on God's prayer list? Well, let's begin to see right here. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Now, let's, let's stop right there just a moment. This is an amazing verse. Jesus Christ is praying for these apostles. There's 11 of them. Remember, Judas is gone. He's indwelt by Satan. Shortly, he is coming back to betray Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. So Christ prays for his 11 disciples specifically. But he also says that at, at this point in this prayer, he's not praying for the world. Now, later in this prayer, you will see him allude to his concern for the world. But right here at this point in this prayer, his primary focus is for those who are believers in him. Now, let's go to verse 10. 
and all are mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. So Christ prays here on his prayer list that believers would be kept or protected. Why? Well, he had been with the apostles in his earthly ministry right there with them so that he could protect them. And in fact, you will see that in the garden where they escaped being arrested or being harmed in any way because it was written that he would be betrayed and arrested and so forth. So they had been being kept by him, but he was leaving now. He would not be here in physical form as the God-man. And he asked the Father that the Father would protect or keep them and that they might experience the loving unity, the loving oneness that Christ experienced with the Father and the Spirit that all of us now belonging to the family of God when we believe in Jesus would all experience that loving unity. Well, there's another thing on his prayer list uh, that, that we see here. Let's, let's read verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now there he's talking specifically about Judas. All of the other apostles he had protected, but Judas as the betrayer is now lost. And that was prophesied biblically. It was prophecy. Now Judas is not in heaven. You're not going to see him in heaven because Jesus Christ says right here, none of them is lost but the son of perdition. And that's Judas. So Judas rejected Christ and he is gone, the book of Acts says, to his own place. Judas will be in hell eternally. Now, the bad news is, is if you have not yet believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, your destination there with Judas is already booked. You are, you are well on your way to spending eternity with Judas, not Jesus, if you have not come to faith in Christ. But that could all change today, and you could trust Christ and spend an eternal life with Jesus instead of Judas. And I hope you'll do that. But we see here how the Lord had kept the disciples in his earthly ministry, but he would be leaving and things would be changing. But verse 13 says, And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. Christ is leaving the world, and yet because he will come to us by his Spirit and live in us, as we saw in the last episode, we can experience the joy of Jesus, no matter what the world puts us through. 
You can have the worst possible day you could ever imagine, and the world cannot take from you your eternal life and your joy in Jesus. It is the joy of Jesus that enables us to just keep on keeping on and keep on moving onward and upward for Jesus. The world does not know this joy. The world is happy for about one microsecond until somebody bumps into them and then it's World War III. But no matter what happens to the believer, and it may be brutal, it, I mean, I'm not minimizing what can happen to us, especially our brothers and sisters around the world. But when you find yourself opposed by the world, the flesh, and the devil, they cannot take from us our eternal life and the joy we have in Jesus. That's a wonderful thing. Now, watch this starting in verse 14. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. And in the Greek, it's the idea of from the evil one, that is Satan, Lucifer, the devil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Have you started to feel that you don't quite fit in in this world anymore? Have you noticed that when you take a even a mild stand for Christ, reminding people of the truth of the Word of God, and, and lately even common sense based on the Word of God, have you noticed that the world hates that, doesn't want to hear it, and they hate you because you brought it up? And if you are true to Christ in his words, all of a sudden you are an enemy of the world. Well, Jesus says that's the way it really is. And he knows that even though one day there will be a rapture of the church, which Jesus talked about in John 14, 1, that does not mean that before that happens that we will not pay a price for standing for Jesus and believing in his word. And he says uh, in verse 15, I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. And the reason he did that is there was a mission for them, as we'll see in a moment. We have a mission to spread the word of Christ. But he says, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil one. In other words, we need protection from Satan the devil, Lucifer, and his demons, and this evil world system. And he prays for that. That's just a wonderful thing. He prays further. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. So we see here that that we have a, a mission to, to carry out or fulfill for the Lord Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we have to, be, we have to be set apart by the truth. And that truth is defined as the Word of God. Now, I want to 
chastise us as believers a little bit. This might not apply to you, but I bet it will apply to many who listen to this podcast. I know by experience as a pastor, and I know because polls and research have been done that bear this out, that the vast majority, or at least a significant percentage of people who profess to believe in Jesus Christ, profess to be Christians, never read their Bible for themselves. They may hear it at church occasionally when they go once or twice a month or on Easter and Christmas. (laughs) Um, They may hear a Bible verse on Christian radio or have something on a coffee mug and all that kind of stuff. But they're not every day reading the Word of God. And I want to challenge you on this. If you say, yep, that's me. I, I know I should, but I haven't been doing it. If you're really a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to make a commitment right now, not to me, but to God, and say, Lord, starting now, every day, I will read your Word. Now, don't try to be a hero starting out. Maybe it's five minutes a day. Maybe it's a chapter a day. Whatever that is, is between you and God. But make the commitment that you will get yourself into the Word of God. In other words, you will be cooperating with what Christ prayed here. That we would be sanctified by the truth. Thy Word is truth. Well, listen, if it's a closed book to you, you're not getting the Word. You're not getting the truth into your life every day and you are not being set apart daily for the Lord's use. Does that make sense? So, why is that so important, Pastor Ed? Because of verse 18. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Now, we're not of the world, but we're sent into the world as his ambassadors, as his witnesses. Well, I'm here to tell you, the world is a tough place. And if you are not in the Word yourself every day, getting into the Word, and more importantly, the Word getting into you, you will probably not be a very good witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, you may be a a kind of an advertisement in reverse for Christ, where people see you hear, say, and do the wrong things and think the wrong thing of Jesus. Get the Word into you by getting into the Word. Cooperate with the Lord's Prayer here that you be sanctified in the truth and His Word is the truth because you're sent into the world on a mission to represent Jesus Christ because the world needs to know Jesus Christ. And you have to have His Word in you sanctifying you in order to do that. Okay, we'll get off of that. (laughs) So we're sent into the world. We're sanctified through the truth. We're kept from the evil one. We can have the joy of Jesus all the time in our life. We can experience the loving oneness and unity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, and with one another. And, And He will keep us. He will protect us. Those are good things the Lord has prayed for us. And I, I love the Lord Jesus Christ putting putting our good first and being willing to go to our cross so that we might be saved. 
Verse 19, And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Watch this in verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, that is, not just the eleven disciples still with him, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. That would be you if you're a believer in Christ. Pastor Ed, I never knew that. Yes. You see, you're a Christian today because someone, somewhere, somehow shared with you the good news of Jesus Christ because people had done that for decades and centuries and a millennium all the way back to the time Jesus is praying this. In other words, the message about Christ had been faithfully relayed by first the 12, uh, you know, the 11 disciples and then Paul and through the church and so on all the way down through time and finally you heard the good news and you trusted Christ too. Jesus, pray for you. You are on the prayer list of God. Whoa. Doesn't that just call you and challenge you to be all you can be for the Lord Jesus Christ with His power flowing in you and through you that it makes you want to hold your heart and and your head up a little higher because of who He is in you, what He prayed for you and what He is doing with you? Yes, it does. Verse 21 that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. One of the biggest proofs that the gospel is true is when the world sees believers show sacrificial love for one another and they express the, the very love of Christ among themselves. This is very persuasive to the world. Theologian, author, and speaker Francis Schaeffer called this the final apologetic. In other words, it's the ultimate proof or defense of the faith when people who otherwise would hate each other are one in Christ. I have met people from all over the world who are believers in Christ, and there's an, an immediate sense of kinship and relationship, even though we may not have anything else in common because of Jesus Christ. And the world notices this, and may it see it portrayed more and more and more. And uh, let's see here. Let's go to verse 22. And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them and thou in me, that may be made, may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. So the Lord even here ultimately is praying that the world will see his love shown between believers, which is the love of God, the sacrificial love of God, and and the world would believe in Christ as well as they see this great 
great witness. So the Lord certainly has an expansive, magnificent, majestic prayer list, and you're on it. But then in verse 24 and then following through to the end of the chapter, verses 24 to 26, we see an amazing, amazing thing. Jesus Christ wants you to live with him where he is forever. Verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Verse 24, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am. Jesus wants you to live with him forever in heaven. If you are not yet personally trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, it is high time that you do that. He has done everything that needed to be done that you might live with him forever. How do you know that you're at the point of of accepting that, you will have a sense of your utter unworthiness of Christ and all He offers. You will want to relieve yourself of the burden of the sin you carry. You know that you are a sinner. You deserve to die and spend eternity in hell. And yet you need a Savior, someone who can rescue you from this unpayable debt that you owe. That would be Jesus Christ, who was crucified, buried, and resurrected the third day, that your sins might be forgiven. He's coming again to take us to live with Him forever in heaven. Now, if you die before He returns, you go to be with Him forever. If you're alive at the time the Lord Jesus Christ returns, you will go to live with Him forever. Jesus wants us to be with Him where He is forever. I hope today that you will call on the Lord Jesus Christ to save you from your sins and be your Savior and Lord and that you would experience forgiveness of sin and eternal life. If you are already a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that that your heart and your faith has been built up so much hearing that the Lord Jesus Christ was thinking about you and praying for you when he was only an hour or so away from being betrayed. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of This Week in the Word. And I ask you to share this with family, friends, co-workers, students, others. They can find it easily by just typing into their iPad, their iPhone, their 
laptop, their desktop, www.dredhill.podbean.com. No period after that DR. Just D-R-E-D-H-I-L-L.podbean.com. For those who like to make things complicated, they can find us on Apple, iTunes, or whatever they call that now, Google Play. They can probably just tell their in-home surveillance device, Siri or Alexa or whoever, to look it up. But tell people about the podcast that others may hear about the Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. God bless you is my prayer.